0: Or go to anchor.fm to get started.
1: On this week's episode in Her Space. This journey has been something else. I, I know for when I was younger, I used to be really good at numbing myself because I endured so much pain. And so whether it was like physical abuse, sexual abuse, I got very good at like not listening to my body because I was in an environment that didn't allow me to do that.
0: So again, if you're that person who's always feeling sad, you can step back. And give yourself five minutes. Welcome to Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. With We're your hosts, hosts Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist,
1: and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, Please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Okay, so, Dom, I want to talk to you about this really interesting experience that I had um, recently. And basically, what happened was I was traveling back east for a speaking engagement. And I had just came from vacation in Miami and life is good. Like everything's going really well. I have nothing to complain about. And I remember being in my hotel room when I was, I think I was in Pennsylvania, like in Harrisburg, getting ready to speak to a group of high school students. And I was in my room by myself and I ordered room service and I'm just like, interesting. Life is really good right now. I have nothing to complain about, but I am so sad
0: And I remember Hmm. being in
1: my hotel room, and I literally just started crying. And it was like, you ever laugh and cry at the same time?
0: Yeah, I had those moments. So what was going on?
1: I think I was, well, one, there was something going on emotionally, Hmm. internally. I don't know if it was hormonal, but something was going on on the inside, which is what caused me to cry. But I couldn't put my finger on it. I was like, I can't identify anything in my life right now, that would cause me to be so sad. I was planning to see my siblings. I mean, my husband and I are good. Like the family's good. I'm getting a chance to do what I love, like speaking to high school students. Why am I so sad? And I remember laughing because I was like, girl, what's wrong with you? Like all this stuff is good. You're crying. And then I had to remind myself not to judge myself. So it was like this whole internal conversation. But it just made me think about how sometimes in life things can be great on the outside. But you can still feel low on the inside. You can still yeah. be sad. You can still not know why you feel the way that you feel and not have an answer for it, which is even more of a can I say mind fuck? Like yeah, that's a complete mind fuck to feel to feel sad and to feel down, but not be able to pinpoint it. Like I need some answers. You know what I mean?
0: Right. And when you're. type a personality like you're a go-getter and you you know and we've been taught that we have to like just keep going right so when that happens you're like there is no reason for me to be sad like there everything is going according to plan Mm -hmm. so i have no reason to be sad but it still happens It, it happens to the best of us And when that happens, we might be experiencing depression. What do you think about that idea, that notion that you might have been depressed?
1: I would agree. I think after reflecting on that and one thing I like, well, one thing I do now because I've had so many episodes at this point in my life I am at a place where I get creative or I try to figure out, okay, how can I express what I'm feeling inside? And so I ended up recording like a personal video for myself just to talk through the feelings. And I called my support system. And the funny thing is, even though my support system supported me and they were there to talk to me, I still felt alone. I still felt really empty. And I was just like, whoa, like in my mind, it was like this back and forth of judging myself and then trying to be gracious to myself. Cause it was like, you literally have everything right now that you could ask. Like you can pick up the phone, call someone, they'll be there. They'll listen to you. They'll, they'll be there. They'll hear you. They'll see you, but you still feel alone, even though you're not alone. That's just like, whoa, what's going on?
0: That is exactly what depression looks like. Mm-hmm. And and I realize I just used the word exactly what depression looks like, but depression looks different in, in all of us, and but there are similar signs and symptoms, and so I want us to dive into that. But our quote for the day that we picked out that is from an anonymous source really I believe taps into what a lot of people experience when they truly are depressed and so the quote says i don't think people understand how stressful it is to explain what's going on in your head when you don't even understand it yourself
1: Whew. just take that in yeah you can't
0: explain what's happening in your head no matter how much you truly are trying
1: and that's tricky because as a problem solver i feel like my go-to place when something is wrong or there's an issue or i want to change something is what do i want and why do i want it just to get me very clear right but it's like if you don't know what's wrong and you don't know what you want or what you need that's stressful
0: and it creates a cycle because then, like you said, you end up in a space where you're uh, emotionally beating yourself up because you can't identify what's going on and you want to be better. But you can't be better if you don't know what's causing you to feel the way you're feeling. And so, you know, this one is a it's a hard topic to talk about sometimes mm-hmm. because the reality is that so many of us experience depression and quite honestly, every single one of us will experience depression at some point in life. Every single one of us. For some of us, it may last a couple of days. For others, It may last a couple of weeks. And then for some of us, it may be a lifetime thing that we are constantly fighting. And I think what I want people to really understand is that with depression, you can have what we call a major depressive episode, which lasts for up to two, uh, lasts for around two weeks. But then what makes it a full diagnosable category of depression is when you have multiple episodes.
1: Multiple episodes over the course of like life or
0: over the course of a couple of months. Okay. Over the course of a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So you are constantly experiencing depressive episodes. You are constantly in a space where you feel sad Mm -hmm. or in some people angry. Mm -hmm. You don't have interest in things that normally would bring you interest. You don't find pleasure in anything. If we think about like, okay, all of us, we talk about relationships, right? Mm -hmm. And, you broke up with your partner. I was
1: just thinking about that. I'm like, <laughs> right? girl, I remember in the middle school, high school breakups. I was like stuck in the room, okay, like dark, exactly. like, no lights. I mean, just yeah, uh,
0: playing Darned. Tony Braxton, another sad love song. Girl. You know, you cue the so the slow, the sad, sad Neo, so sick of love song. Right, right. <laughs> like you cue the music, mm-hmm. and you might. Be like that for a couple of days Mm -hmm. And then your friends Rally around you and they're like, girl, come on That person wasn't worth it anyway Right? So You let yourself Feel sad for a couple of days Maybe you Didn't leave the room, maybe you didn't Shower, (laughs) maybe you You know, ate A whole large pizza Yes (laughs) Maybe you ate a whole tub of ice cream And then after a couple of days, you move forward. You experienced depression. It wasn't debilitating, but you experienced depression.
1: Now, question for you, Dom. Can you remember the first time that you were introduced to depression or you, I guess, saw depression, whether it was either like with yourself or someone around you? What, when you think back to your, your just upbringing in general, when was that first time, if you can think of it?
0: That's a good question. Um, I cannot think of the first time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't think of the first time I encountered it, but I know that in general, just seeing, I remember just seeing people being sad. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't recall anyone in particular in my life who was depressed. I recall people having depressive reactions to things so a breakup
1: yeah. or
0: grief and bereavement when someone dies mm-hmm. but i can't specifically recall the first time i was fully aware of someone who maybe had major depression yeah what about you
1: i when i think about it i like you said i saw some of the same things but the weird thing is so i kept journals when i was younger right And as I got older and I went back to look at those journal entries, I was like, oh my gosh, I was, I didn't realize I was so depressed. And I realized that I would have journal entries where it was like, oh, life's good. This is what's happening. And then I'd have these low moments where I'm like, I just want to go to sleep and take a long nap. Like it was really bad. And the thing about it is it would be this constant back and forth of that. And I would go through the low points a lot because I had a lot of challenges that I faced. And I think as an adult, when I look back at the younger me, I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's clear as day. I was struggling with depression. I never knew that I was because we didn't use that language in my household. And I didn't really hear it in that context. But when I look back on it, I'm definitely sure that I was. And I also think that when I started taking birth control, I think I was around 18 or so. That's when I really realized that that pill took me on a roller coaster. I mean, people around me could definitely see a difference and I was suicidal on the pill. Like I was depressed and that's a a time in my life where I realized, Oh wow.
0: And I think that's something that's a good thing to point out is that certain medications can cause suicidal thoughts and can cause depressive thoughts or cause changes in your hormones. Mm -hmm. And so I think one of the things that we often don't talk about is how to have these conversations with our doctors, Mm -hmm. right? So, When you're starting birth control or when you're starting any type of medication, no matter what medical condition you're trying to treat, to have a conversation with your physician about what are the side effects and what are things that I need to look out for. So with birth control, that depression is one that commonly happens, but we don't know to ask. And also, we don't necessarily know how to identify that we're experiencing these highs and lows and that when we're in those lows, those lows may be a sign of depression.
1: And I think documenting, like, it doesn't have to be this whole big ordeal or this big essay, but simple as using the notepad in your phone or jotting it down in a journal, like your moods. I have some friends um, at my job, actually, that track their habits. And so sometimes one of my friends, I think it's really dope, she writes down, like, how she feels before she goes to sleep on a scale of 1 to 10, and then how she feels in the morning, like, 1 being the worst, 10 being amazing. And just by simply writing down the 1 through 10 or whatever number it is, you can then see later, like oh, after doing that for a year, a few months, you can see when your mood sort of fluctuates. And maybe you can think about what happened in your life around that time that maybe brought that about. So I think that's really cool. But I also think that it's important to talk about the stigma because there's a lot of stigma that comes along with mental health in our community, especially. And I remember growing up, one of the things I used to hear, because I would see things on like Lifetime and stuff like that, it was that And again, this is not something we agree with, but this is what we heard that therapy is for white people. If you go to therapy, you're crazy. You're not depressed. You just need to pray it away and go to church. Like those are things that I heard that I think can be detrimental to someone actually seeking help. And that's why I'm so adamant about being on social media and and speaking engagements in the spaces I occupy, letting people know like, yeah, I don't have it all together. I'm just out here a work in progress and I struggle with depression still to this day because I think that when we share that, it allows other people to feel liberated and that, oh, if this person feels that way, I don't have to feel bad, guilty, or be ashamed because I have some of the same struggles.
0: And I think that's one thing to point out too, is that there's what we would call like functional depression. Mm -hmm. So you are in a space where you are still able to get up in the mornings and you go to work. You engage socially. You do all the things that you would normally do, but you still feel sad. Mm -hmm. And for some people, if we put it on a scale of 1 to 10 with 1 being maybe I'm feeling suicidal and 10 being I am on top of the world, possibly having a manic episode, you can be at a 7 or 8 and that might be how you normally function. And, or you might be at a four or a five. And for some people, four or five is how they normally function. And so, how depression shows up will vary from person to person. So, some people are wired to, wired where they can get up and they can go to work and they can do all the things, but on the inside, still be struggling, on the inside, crying. Get home in the evening after they've done all these seemingly amazing things. Get home in the evening and feel completely lonely Mm -hmm. and cry a lot. Or maybe they don't cry. Maybe they're just constantly angry about small things and they can't pinpoint why this small thing, this person cut them off in traffic is really sending them to a space of feeling rage. Depression will show up in small ways for us, and we might not realize it because we're still doing our day-to-day activities. And I think the thing that that I also want us to recognize is that as Black women, we are so resilient, and we've been conditioned to keep moving, right? So no matter what our position is in life, we've been taught that we keep it moving. Mm -hmm. And so that means that even if you are feeling sad, you learn to still get up and do all the things that you need to do. Check off everything on that to-do list, despite how you might be feeling on the inside. And
1: you have to look good doing it. And work 10 times harder than anyone else. I think one thing that's been really important and my journey has been... Like spending, and I think I say this in almost every episode, I feel like, but spending time with self, like that solitude and being alone has been so helpful for me to understand what's going on. And sometimes, like I said, you don't know what's going on, but sometimes if you just sit still enough and you don't try to, you know, consume every Every ounce of silence with noise or a relationship or a task or just busy work or just stay moving because I'm really good at staying, you know, just moving, moving, moving so I don't have to deal with my shit. And I feel like when you sit still and you deal with that or you at least allow yourself give yourself space to this is where I'm at.
0: But who wants to do that,
1: though? It's hard. It is hard work. But I feel like the older I get, the more I want to just pull all the covers off my shit. And I'm like, oh, what's in here? What shit I got in this corner? What shit I got in that corner? (laughs) I want to see all this shit. And it's just, I mean, we only get one life. We only get one chance. And I feel like just uncovering that and trying to figure out the answers that your soul craves allows you to help other people answer the same questions in their own lives.
0: But Terry, I got kids. (laughs) I got a husband. Mm -hmm. I'm the CEO of a company. I'm the frontline manager of a company. I don't have time.
1: And as hard as this is going to sound, we make time for what's important. And we are important enough to take space for ourselves and do that work.
0: And that's what I try to tell people all the time is that, yeah, you make time for what is important. Mm -hmm. We value our family. We value our friends. A lot of us place value in the church. We value our careers. And so at some point, we've got to step back and truly value ourselves. And so the thing that I like to think about is when we're trying to heal from depression, once we recognize what it is. So again, if you're that person who's always feeling sad, Or maybe you're getting annoyed at the little things or maybe you don't find pleasure in anything. You can't laugh at anything or some of the things that you used to enjoy, don't enjoy anymore. When you start to feel that maybe there's some little things that may be indicative of possibly having depression, you can step back and give yourself five minutes a day, five minutes. That's all you need to start making steps towards feeling better or making changes and identifying what you can do to make a difference in your in your world. So to maybe eliminate or reduce the signs of depression. Five minutes within those five minutes, that could be taking a quick walk. That could be taking a warm shower. And I know I've said this in a previous episode. I know what my mom used to do is go in the bathroom (laughs) to get
1: get her time
0: away from us. Like She would go in the bathroom and shut the door and lock it, and that would be her time. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Five minutes, maybe five minutes praying or meditating.
1: And also, I would say talking to friends as well, like if you have supportive or positive people that are in your in your circle in your corner or even online communities they have a like a lot of amazing online communities, and I found even now like I'm so much more open about talking about my struggles with family friends. I see that other people in my life are starting to take action and address some of their stuff, so they're going to therapy, they're doing those things, and I also realized just I would say last year that. Yo, I grew up in a household where, just to give you a little context, we, soul food was like our thing, okay? So I'm talking about the cheesiest mac and cheese. I'm talking about ham hocks and pig feet and chitlins, like all that. That's what I grew up on. The whole pig. The whole pig, okay? Like we only nothing nothing. out. We only nothing out. That's what I grew up in. And now I'm in San Francisco. I done got bougie. And now I, I changed up my diet. And I was just telling my husband the other day, I was like, yo, I was like, I have not been like really depressed in a long time. And I was like, can you like, can you confirm? Like, what do you think? And he was like, no, that's, that's true. But when I was just eating anything and I was also on the pill, that really impacted me. So trying new things and trying to figure out like what might be my thing, because everyone's different, right? We're all very unique. And so, yes, what I'm doing now is I'm on like this pescatarian diet where I eat my vegetables and fruit. And the only meat I eat is seafood, really salmon and shrimp. And that has worked wonders. I feel like I only get depressed around the hormonal time of the month when my period is about to come. Really.
0: I love have I love the pescatarian diet. I was on it yes. for a long time. And I'll talk in another episode about why I was on it and Ooh. what helped me with that on that journey. But I think food, you know, like your diet, really is important. We have studies that show dark chocolate, leafy greens, coffee are all things that help improve your mood. And those things are actually healthy for you, too. And so I think one of the things that I like to recommend to people is to also consult with a dietitian if you can, consult, or a nutritionist. And if you don't have access to those, consult your physician on what would be healthy eating habits that are affordable for you. So that that can also help improve your mood. I know that sometimes what we tend to do, some of us are emotional eaters. So if we're feeling depressed, we might be eating a lot of junk food or eating bigger portions than we normally do. Or for some of us, it may be the exact opposite. When we're feeling sad, all of a sudden we have no appetite or we find ourselves wanting to sleep a lot longer. The average adult, six to eight hours of sleep a night. If you find that maybe let's say six hours is your norm and now you're feeling sluggish and extreme fatigue and nine hours is what you find yourself needing to function, that might be a sign of depression. And so in on our show notes, we'll we'll make sure that we list out tons of different signs that you can look for, little things that you want to be mindful of so that you can pay attention and you can address what might be depression and maybe get the help that you need. And the help can look, can come in a variety of ways. For some of us, and y'all know I'm always going to encourage this, therapy. Seeking a therapist, having an unbiased person that you can talk to, I can't talk enough about how much I really, really know firsthand from personal experience and from professional experience, how much therapy can help. I second that. I mean, and for some of us, even beyond therapy, for some of us, we might need medication. Mm -hmm. And... That's a conversation that a lot of us don't like to have. But if you've tried therapy, if you've tried taking walks, if you've tried meditation, if you've tried all the things and you still don't notice a change. Consulting with your general physician who could give you a referral to a psychiatrist might be what you need to jumpstart feeling better.
1: And one thing I want to add is that I know for me personally, this journey has been something else. I I know for when I was younger, I used to be really good at numbing myself because I endured so much pain. And so whether it was like physical abuse, sexual abuse, I got very good at like not listening to my body because I was in an environment that didn't allow me to do that. And so when I got older and I realized, okay, this trait of numbing myself doesn't serve me anymore. So me, whether it's denying the feeling that I have on the inside and kind of looking to someone else to see how they feel or just totally not paying attention to the way that I feel, it can be really detrimental to our success and our health. And so I think just really getting in tune with you and like how, what is my body trying to tell me? Because when you get so good at ignoring those signals, it can just be very, very bad in the end because then you don't know how to, your body tells gives you signals for a reason. So if you don't know how to listen to those signals, then where do you end up?
0: Exactly. You listening to your body can really be helpful. Paying attention, like you mentioned before, about just taking a note. There's a mood tracker app,
1: mm. and
0: there we'll we'll put a link to that yes. in our show notes. I need that too.
1: Yes, there <laughs> are
0: tons of apps these days. There's an app for everything right, these days. Right, there really is. And that mood tracker app will allow you to kind of really keep track of when. You're feeling high when you're feeling low or when you're feeling just at what we would call a baseline. What is your norm? And it'll give you a lot of good data that actually you could bring back to your doctor, bring back to your therapist and to kind of help pinpoint, well, is it a hormonal thing or is it situational? Like, are there certain circumstances in my world that cause me to feel happy? And so maybe I need to bring those circumstances around more often Or there are certain things that are making me really feel low. Maybe I need to find a way, if possible, to eliminate those things from my world. And one of the things that I also wanted us to touch on is how depression can look in other forms, show up in other ways. So there's postpartum depression, Mm. which a lot of women experience. There's um, depression with seasonal appearances. Mm -hmm. And so that means that during the wintertime, like right now, even though technically it's March and we're supposed to be moving into springtime, when there's cold weather and our days are a lot shorter, so we spend more time in the darkness, we tend to have lower mood. We tend to feel sad if, you know, I know around here it's been the last couple of months. It's been so rainy and I can't even tell you how many people will say, will just casually say, man, this rain just takes away all my energy. This rain just makes me feel sad. If that's something that happens for you on a consistent basis, then you may have um, seasonal affective disorder. One of the things that I want to make sure that we don't walk away from or that we definitely touch on is that suicide, that's something that a lot of people don't like to talk about. But currently, suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the United States, according to National Institute of Mental Health. It's the second leading cause of death among people The ages of 15 to
1: 24.
0: Wow. 44,000 Americans die by suicide every year. Jeez. Women attempt suicide twice as often as men. Twice as often. Suicide is a serious thing. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of not wanting to be here, having thoughts of wanting to end your life, I recommend that you call 1-800-273-TALK. That's the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. And again, that number is 1-800-273-8255. Suicide is real, y'all. And if you really Are thinking of ending your life there is help out there for you and we want to make sure that you get it
1: and you are not alone whether you're struggling with depression suicidal ideations I mean many of us have been there before and you're not alone don't judge yourself don't don't be so hard on yourself we are living in we are living in some tough times right and so definitely don't do that like don't beat yourself up it is okay and there's a way out and I do want to also remind you to check on your strong friends. I think we all have those friends that check on everybody else. They're everyone else's resource. If you can think of that person or those people in your life right now, who are those people that you always go to for support or that are always in your corner or that are always, you know, offering resources and advice? Check on those people and reach. I encourage you to reach out to them. With no expectation of anything in return. So just whether it's a text message or a phone call to let them know that you love them, you appreciate them. Do that and leave us a comment and let us know how that is. Because I think that person would really appreciate it. And also, in addition to your strong friends, don't forget to check on your Black friends and your friends of color. Because we are living in a time where you know Black people and people of color are constantly being traumatized in the media and in this system of white supremacy that we live in. And so I think it's really important to check on them because oftentimes we go to work with a smile on our face and we just saw someone that looks like us being gunned down by a police officer on the news. And that's becoming just so mainstream that it's not it's not really causing uproar like it should. And so check on your people, check on your friends.
0: And if you are that strong friend, know that it is okay to reach out if you find yourself having a low point, or if you find yourself being in a hotel room when you're supposed to be at a speaking engagement and your life feels like on the outside, it looks lit and you find yourself crying, reach out to your support system.
1: Terry, I'm talking to you now. Yes, ma'am. I sure do. I'll be using that support system, girl.
0: And know that it's okay. Okay. It, yes, it is. is okay, and support system is there for you. Her space is there for you. That's right.
1: And be sure to forward this podcast episode to anyone in your corner that you think could benefit from the content. We definitely want to keep this conversation going and um, remove the stigma around mental health yes. and depression. So we hope you enjoy this episode and feel free to rewind, take a look at the show notes for the resources, and we'll. See you next
0: week. Thanks for joining
1: us today in Her Space.
0: Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but it is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today. Or contact your insurance provider.
1: If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Herspace Podcast, or check out our website at HerspacePodcast.com. And before we meet again, repeat after me I am not defined by where I come from or what happened to me. I get to create my own destiny.
0: Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week, lady.